Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, then a warm first welcome. This podcast is all about helping to create habits that don't require motivation, to make it easier to slip into behaviors that are conducive to where you want to be and get to your goals and then stay there. That's the most important part of this is sustainable long-term weight loss. And if you're a regular listener, you know that we are obsessed with habit change here. And it's my favorite topic to talk about. But I've been thinking a lot recently about how exercise relates to fat loss and understanding that entire symbiotic relationship, how symbiotic it actually is. And it's got me thinking a lot about this because I did a half marathon on Saturday and I've been running a lot more recently, really getting into it, really enjoying it. And it it always kind of comes up that I don't talk a lot about what I'm doing in terms of fitness and exercise, but people see that I'm doing this and I do have a, a very strong exercise and fitness routine in my life and it's a big part of how I maintain my habits. It's a big part of what's important to me uh, at this point in my journey and I wanted to explain and share why so that you can use that and apply it and know where exercise fits in to a weight loss system and also what kind of things to be focusing on depending on what stage you're at. And we're going to go back to basics to start with and that is understanding how weight loss actually works and that is a calorie deficit. You must be in a calorie deficit if you want to lose weight. All this means is that you are consuming less calories than your body needs to perform its basic functions. Essentially what you're trying to get your body to do is to dip into your stored fat cells, those rainy day energy funds that it's stored away for a zombie apocalypse or when you're stranded in the desert and use those as a fuel source so it starts to shrink the fat in your body. Get rid of that because that's why you have excess fat. It's because your body has stored that away when you were eating more calories or more energy than you needed and you have to do the opposite of that to get rid of it. So if you just need to be eating less calories than what you burn to lose weight, then you can change both sides of that equation. You can either burn more calories or you can 
eat less calories or you can do both. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know that we always talk about the nutrition side of it rather than the exercise side. So why is that? First of all, it's because the nutrition side is what you have most influence over rather than the calories that you burn. And this is, comes from understanding at a most very or very basic level what the different calorie burning systems are in your body and how, I wouldn't say important, but how many calories go to each of those functions. And the fact is, even if you're going and you're sweating out a hard workout every day, you don't actually get to change your energy expenditure very much. Our basal metabolic rate, which is what we need or the calories that we burn for our basic functions, pumping blood around, keeping us uh, producing more cells and breathing and all that kind of thing, that accounts for about 60 to 80% of our total calorie burn. So already that number is pretty out of your control. Like if you're alive, 60-80% of your calorie burn is something that you have no control over. Digesting food accounts for about 10%. And then the rest of your calorie burn comes from physical activity. But exercise itself is only a small portion of that. Because within your activity, you've got your movement, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, otherwise known as NEAT, and you've got your actual exercise. So for most people, exercise only equates to about 5 to 10% of their total calorie burn. That's with having intentional exercise in your lifestyle. So essentially 90% or maybe 80 to 90% of your energy burn, you really don't have much influence over. But 100% of the calories coming into your body, you have 100% influence over. Unless you are being force fed, in which case you've got much bigger issues than this. You've also got an order of magnitude here where if you are exercising, you can increase your calorie burn by hundreds of calories which sounds great it sounds like a lot but it's not in the order of magnitude and how much you can increase the amount of food that you eat you can increase a hundred calories a day or a few hundred calories from exercise but you can easily wipe out the effects of that with a few bites of pizza or even a starbucks drink because processed food is so incredibly artificially high in calories. We have the physical ability to eat 10,000 or even more. I'm sure you've seen those challenges on YouTube where people eat 10,000 calories. It's very, very incredibly hard to do that with exercise. Like It's pretty much impossible to do that with exercise, especially in the course of a couple of meals. So If you are just focusing on exercise to try and lose weight rather than the nutrition piece, it's kind of like trying to save money by only boiling water in the kettle instead of it getting hot from the sink when you're doing dishes. (laughs) I had to put that analogy in because my mother-in-law, bless her, is such a frugal woman and when my husband Nick was growing up, she would save money by... And this is like cents. This is, this is a very small amount of money. 
But instead of getting hot water to come out of the tap when she did dishes, she would be boiling a kettle to pour hot water from the kettle because it was cheaper. That is kind of the analogy. (laughs) If you are just trying to focus on the exercise and calorie burned piece because it just doesn't have as much of an effect when you compare that to how much the calories coming in really really affects uh, how you lose weight or how many calories are coming into your system. So if this is the case and calories in versus calories out and fitness versus nutrition if it's the case that nutrition is the most important piece of this then why is fitness such a big part of the weight loss world? Why, when you open your Instagram, will you see every single person to do weight loss on a fit loss, fit, fitness, fit loss, fitness journey? I think the first or the, mo- the main reason for this is that it's just sexier. It's much sexier to look at someone who is in a crop top and little shorts and cute shoes, sweating in the gym and have the camera zoom in on that when they are running or they're on the treadmill or like they're doing squats than it is to just have someone cooking a potato in the microwave, (laughs) right? It, It just looks like it would be working more. So I think that's the biggest, I, th- I really think that's the biggest reason. Another one kind of goes along with this is that we have this sense that when something feels difficult and hard, that it will be working better, right? If we go out for a run and we sweat for an hour, we've got this conception that that is going to be, that's going to have burnt a lot of calories because it was really, really hard when in essence you could you could get the same number of calories subtracted from that system just in a few diet tweaks that would you wouldn't even notice and it wouldn't be difficult at all. You could actually in- decrease the amount of food that you were eating in terms of the calories while still increasing the amount of food in terms of volume. You could halve your calories and it not feel difficult But you can't do the same with the other side of the system. So I think that's another reason why we tend to focus more on exercise. The other factor of this is that at some point, exercise is going to be necessary to look like your favorite influencers and look like the fitness people that we look up to. Because if you want to get to that that point where you have muscle definition and you're super lean Um, and you look like you work out, then you will need to work out at some point. Those people didn't just get there because of the way that they work out and the programs that they sell or the coaches that they have or the types of workouts, whether it's HIT, whether it's Tabata, whether it's whatever. They got there because they were in a calorie deficit if they've lost weight or they're eating the kind, the amount of food in terms of calories that helps them maintain a lean body weight, and then their exercise re- regime and the fitness that they have, that is going to be reflected in their muscle tone. Essentially, like toning is like a really um, l- kind of inaccurate layman's term. Who cares? Whatever for describing people that. Like you can see visible muscle. That's a combination of having to just not have much fat reserves, which is through being in a calorie deficit if you need to 
lose fat to res- to actually show those muscles because otherwise they're h- hidden under fat stores right there it's kind of like being covered with a blanket versus being covered with a sheet you have more of an outline of your body if you're just covered with a sheet but then if you want to actually reveal them more you like growing them is going to make that more pronounced so exercise is a component on how your physique looks at some point it's not gonna you're not gonna notice like you could work out a lot, you could get extremely strong, you could grow a lot of muscle, but if you are 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight, then you're not going to see that. So weight loss is a result of being in a calorie deficit, which is mostly a result of what you put in your mouth. So if this is the case, well that kind of brings up another question then, then why do people say that exercise is a fat burning, or why do people always tend to lose weight when they go onto some kind of exercise regime. It brings up a very important question. First of all, it's really hard to actually isolate cause and effect without controlling for variables. And this is something that I wish more people understood. Um, and I was actually t- <laughs> I was actually talking to someone the other day. I will not get into the specifics because it's very controversial. I've, it's it's honestly it's funny the things that I've been accused of believing or the names that a few people have said to me even I'm like I never even said that so I'm not going to get into specifics but anyway someone was saying something about a certain thing caused a certain thing and and I was like you can't say that this is a friend of mine uh, we have this relationship where we're we're, we're okay with saying this to each other and I, I said to her you can't say that you can't say that X caused Y. You can say that there's correlation, but you cannot say it caused it because you can't even say that smoking causes cancer because causation is not the same as correlation. What you need to always do is control for variables to see, well, what is going to influence certain things or what is the reason that uh, certain outcomes are happening and then actually isolate that. Uh, and when it comes to something like weight loss, if you put someone in a weight loss group, a weight loss program, just because they lose weight does not mean that that program actually caused it. So weight loss, this is really fascinating, but weight loss study participants almost always lose fat regardless of what the study is. So when pharmaceutical companies or supplement companies want to test the efficacy of some kind of drug that they're releasing they will have a control group of people who are not taking it and then people who are and the control group um, this is just anyone right anyone in that study will tend to lose weight just because they are being observed just because they're coming in to have their weight tracked every week just because they are in a study So if you didn't have that control group to say, well, actually, there's another variable here, not just the supplement that someone is taking, not just that miracle goju, goji berry, goju junk, which is a Korean spicy sauce, goju berry extract or whatever else is, beetroot, I don't know, whatever. Then you would say, well, hang on a minute. The people that are losing weight because they're eating this amazing new thing, like, wow, that must be amazing. It's like, no, everyone in that study lost weight, regardless of whether they were in the control group or not, because there's more variables. So the same kind of thing is true for exercise. 
when you have a group of people who lose weight in an exercise program, you need to ask that question, well, what else did they change? And if anything, almost all exercise programs that I've ever seen and that you will ever encounter have some kind of nutritional component. Because people in the fitness industry know that exercise itself does not contribute to weight loss. And if you think of really famous exercise programs, I'm thinking about things like um, the Kayla Itzinus program, I can't remember, what, Bikini Body, something Bikini Body. I uh, think of her one, I can't think of anyone, I can't actually think of anyone else, but any kind of fitness professional that you see, their workouts will tend to come with some kind of calorie restricted diet with them or some kind of meal plan and when I say calorie calorie restricted I'm, I'm not using that in a negative sense because any any kind of uh, weight loss is going to be a result of some kind of calorie restricted diet that is not a negative thing inherently you don't want to have too much restriction you don't want to have too little calories and most of them tend to be because they're they're going for the lowest common denominator. They want to guarantee that people lose weight. So they put them on a lower calorie diet, whereas most people don't actually need that. And adherence is the the biggest struggle for all of us. Compliance is the thing that we're all going to struggle with because we, no matter what the plan says, we're going to go and eat cake. But all that aside, there's more than just one component, which is the exercise to almost all exercise programs. But the thing that will show up on your feed is not the meal that they make. It's them sweating it out in the gym looking freaking awesome while they're doing that. Not me. I look like a hot mess when I exercise. My face goes totally red. Just to kind of recap where I'm trying to get to with this. Just because exercise programs tend to have people who lose weight in them. It does not necessarily mean that it was the exercise that did that. And there's so many other factors that are not even included and in whether there's a meal plan with that, which there pretty much always is, or some kind of uh, food kind of system that you're meant to follow that gets you into a calorie deficit. Think about the fact that exercise drastically improves your mood. How would feeling happier and feeling more confident and better about yourself and the fact that you've already gone and done a workout, how that can influence your food choices, right? That's a really positive thing to come out of exercise. So because nutrition is the most important factor when it comes to weight loss over every single thing, it is the number one priority when it comes to losing weight. If you do not get the nutrition piece as part of your weight loss, then you will not get into a calorie deficit and lose weight. Because the other thing that happens, which I talked about a lot more in this podcast episode that I'm going to link, which is all about non-exercise activity thermogenesis and how exercise relates to weight loss. The other thing that happens is that with a lot of cardio in particular, we tend to get hungrier. So it's very easy to overcompensate for exercise that you do by being hungry and eating slightly more, which is easy to it's easy to out eat even quite a lot of exercise with a couple of bites of high calorie food or spread that over the day. And the other thing is that our bodies compensate by moving less. This is the other exercise or non-exercise movement part of the calorie equation. So you might be increasing that five percent 
to let's say 6% or 7% in terms of your total calorie burn from exercise. But at the same time, if you're decreasing the amount of non-exercise that you're doing, which burns calories as well, then that doesn't help you to get into a calorie deficit. So nutrition and understanding that that is the most important piece, the priority for your focus, I think is going to give... The most important thing is that it just gives clarity. It gives you an understanding that that's what you need to focus on. Exercise is not even a necessity. I lost most of my weight without doing any exercise because it was painful when I was overweight. That being said, I am becoming increasingly convinced that exercise is part of a long-term weight loss strategy. And these are the three reasons why. Number one is that your goals shift from weight loss to becoming or getting a strong, healthy body and exercise is part of that. Exercise is so incredibly important to our ongoing health. So much so that not exercising or not walking is considered a risk factor. Not exercising is considered a risk factor for our longevity and our health span. So this is like the ongoing maintenance piece of becoming that healthy person. And especially as you age, because it helps you to preserve muscle and bone loss. And when you think about the fact that weight loss is by definition designed to be a short term process and then maintenance is the rest of your life then exercise fits into that because your goals shift or they should shift at some point. Like we want to get you to lose weight and then get on with getting healthy or staying healthy for the rest of your life. Like this shouldn't, for most of us, weight loss is something that we do again and again every year because we're not successful with it. But that's not how it should be. Once you understand that nutrition piece, once you start applying that, which I've talked about in many, many different episodes, I'm not going to get into other specifics here, getting into a calorie deficit by eating a load of vegetables, uh, naturally low calorie foods like potatoes, uh, rice, beans, some healthy fats in there like um, avocados, flax seeds, essentially eating the low calorie dense foods on that spectrum, which are unprocessed mostly whole foods carbohydrates if you are doing that and that that becomes a lifestyle then you will get to your goal weight or you'll be able to get that excess fat off within a relatively might take a a year or so but within a relatively short period of time so our focus must shift at some point the second thing is that If at some point you hope to improve your physique past the point of just losing weight, then exercise is going to become a must. Some kind of strength training, something where you're building muscle, something where you are looking more toned is going to be a result of getting to that point of exercise where you are focused on increasing muscle mass, not just revealing the muscles that are there thirdly and this is anecdotal but I believe it strongly all successful long-term weight loss transformations of people have some kind of exercise component at some point I do not know a single successful person who have who has lost weight long term I'm talking 
two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen years. Keeping weight off, that becoming a lifestyle for them. I have not heard of anyone who is or never starts to include exercise. So it's not an it's not an if. Should I exercise? Should I not? It's when. That's the real question. And then it's not only a matter of when, it's a matter of what. So once we understand that exercise, its role is for longevity, it's for health, it's for uh, improving your muscle tone, it's for getting you stronger, it's for preserving uh, muscle mass and bone mass as you age, it's for helping to really increase your uh, quality of life, it's something that is so important to your long-term health and also your mental health like let's be honest here this is one of the biggest factors for me is that exercise is incredibly important for my mental health but understanding that that role there is for those reasons it's not about calorie burning it's not about trying to lose weight I think that's really important because it puts it in its proper place and it allows you to know or at least ask the question how do I use that at different phases of my weight loss journey? Another thing with exercise and why I believe that it's so important is that it helps to feed into good behaviors because exercise is a, it's a, it's a naturally uh, chemically stimulating activity for your brain. It produces uh, fantastic uh, hormones in your system. It, it helps you to feel better and that is going to help you to stack more good behaviors uh the more that we this is the thing that i love about habit change and about behavior and how our bodies are set up we kind of have this idea that if we were to do like one you know amazing habit let's say you were to eat really really healthy um and then you you think well you know i've depleted my ability now if you were to see this like a pie let's use this analogy if you were to see this like a pie and then you one slice of that is uh it's taken away by having a good meal and then another huge slice is depleted because you went and did an exercise. Then at, by the end of the day, you've not really got anything left to give. You've not got any more slices. And that's kind of how we tend to think about it. Or it's it's easy to think about that way or maybe some people do, maybe no one does. Maybe this is I'm not maybe this analogy means nothing to anyone. But if it does, then Good news is that that's not the case, is that what happens with good behavior or positive behaviors is that they are self-affirming. So instead of depleting kind of our energy around them, they actually have this upward positive virtuous cycle where they build off each other and they open up the ability for us to make better and better choices so exercise when you go and exercise you're going to be more likely to want to eat healthy to build off that you're going to feel like you've already started something good in the day or and then you'll want to you're going to want to build off that in the same way that if you have a late night and you get up late and you don't get much done and you watch too much TV and you're on your phone too much, it's easier to go and binge on junk food. At the same token, when you get up early, when you get enough sleep, when you eat healthy at the start of your day, when you start that right, when you limit your screen time, when you exercise, it's going to be easier to stack more and more behaviors. And I think this is really important from a habits perspective, because we want to be able to make this easier and more doable. And exercise can be a big part of that. So the stages of exercise, and this is 
this is kind of the crux of the episode. This is what I really wanted to get into. I believe that there is three main stages of exercise and they have very specific things that you should be focusing on depending what stage of weight loss you're in. So the first one is building a movement habit. The second one is building a consistent exercise habit. And then the third one is shifting your body goals from weight loss to performance. So building a movement habit, this is about making a easy, small, very low injury risk change in your lifestyle that is going to increase the amount of movement that you have. You're trying in this stage to just become someone who moves more in their lifestyle as part of their daily habits. So your only goal at this stage is to go from being sedentary, if you currently are, to moving. So this can be as simple as starting to walk places. You're starting to park slightly further away when you're at the shops so that you can walk further. You're starting to plan a walk into your day, even if that's just a walk around the block or a walk with your kids. Maybe you're having a step goal at this stage. You can start with a low step goal. A lot of people that I see start with trying to get in 10,000 steps, which is actually quite tough if you have a sedentary job. So start with just an aim of getting 5,000 steps and build that as a habit. Find little ways that you can attach walking to different parts of your day, like things like taking the stairs Walking up the elevator, walking with friends instead of just going and sitting in a coffee shop saying, hey, can we go for a walk instead? Doing little short hikes, dancing, um, playing with your kids, uh, walking or riding a bike as a mode of transport. Any little things throughout your day that start to get you moving towards that kind of 5,000 steps mark and then working up to something like 8,000 steps. This is the most important part. And if you just did this, you're going to be ahead of 99% of people and you are going to be improving your lifespan and putting years on your life, like literally just by walking. Most people massively underestimate how important it is to have more movement. We are hugely sedentary as a society because of... um, the convenience of our lives. One of the things that I found helpful, because I'm quite sedentary myself, apart from running, is to get a walking desk. And the thing is, you don't have to even start with something like a walking desk. Even just getting uh, your computer, if you work on a computer, up higher so that you can stand as opposed to walking, that's going to be increasing your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your calories that you're burning from movement because it requires more calories. It's more movement for you to be standing as opposed to sitting. And it's much, much better for your back, okay? You have like five times the pressure on your spine when you're sitting in a chair, which is what I'm doing right now, (laughs) looking at my stand-up desk. So in this first stage of building a movement habit, you don't need to focus on anything else. Because if you are currently sedentary, then you want to be building movement into your lifestyle regardless. Yes, you want exercise as well at some point, but they're not 
mutually exclusive it's not like movement or exercise it really should be movement walking as a habit movement in general with your lifestyle and then exercise on top of that because remember what we said about uh, one of the things that happens when you start to incorporate exercise is that you're hungrier and that your body compensates by moving less. And I think this is really important or this is why it's really important to stack these habits and see these as stages rather than either or because you can be exercising a lot and then your overall movement is going down. You don't want that to happen and you want to first start with building that habit of becoming someone who moves because then when you add in that exercise period if you've already got these habits established then that's just going to be adding another level and another layer to your health journey that you otherwise wouldn't have had so in the second stage once you've started to uh, get those 5,000 steps in you're walking you've got that as part of your lifestyle you you're you've got these markers where you know that you've increased your movement because your habits are now supporting that, then you want to move on to stage two, two, which is building a consistent exercise habit. This is again, it's all about habits because that's what this podcast is really about. And this is where you're looking to get more into formal exercise. That could be joining a gym. Uh, it could be doing some running or some more like run slash walking with a some kind of progressive program or app. Uh, getting a training program, focusing on developing those habits consistently and doing a bit more of a strenuous activity on some kind of regular cadence. What I mean by that is that your biggest focus in this portion right here is not about how hard you work out or how much you sweat or how many Ks you do. It's really about developing a consistent cadence of exercise throughout the week that you then can build off notice how these are all about building habits and then layering more activities off that and you might have heard of things like the 75 hard or like a one that was really really popular when I was younger was the oh it's a 90 day one it's not the 90 day shred it's like exit not I, I can't remember what it's called but it was it was basically a very tough workout program for 90 days and then also a nutritional program and people would lose lots of weight on it they'd get really strong they'd get really fit but then once that was finished they'd go back to their normal kind of lifestyle and all of that would go and it was very very hard to maintain that because it wasn't actually a consistent habit that they developed in their lifestyle. And contrary to popular opinion or popular myths, just doing something for 21 days does not make it a habit. A habit is all about repetition. And the more you do it, the more sticky it becomes. But when you have an end point to a habit, it's not a habit. When you have a 90 day, I'm going to finish, I'm going to get to that goal and then I'm done. That's not a habit. A habit is for the rest of your life. So we've got to be building these in foundations or in stages and then building and layering on top of them in the same way that you would if you were trying to build a bridge because that's what we're doing you're building a bridge brick by brick brick from who you are now your current lifestyle your current behaviors your current habits your environment everything that is culminated in who you are today right now as you're listening to this podcast and then that bridge that you're building brick by brick is what is going to 
bridge to who you want to be. That happens through time and action. And action that becomes habit is unbeatable. It is unshakable. It is unbreakable. Because it is now habit. It doesn't require motivation. It doesn't require willpower. Yes, you're going to have to get back on track a lot of times. I still do that. But it is so much stronger than just a goal. And that's what we're trying to form here. So in this stage, I try to think about how can things be made as easy as humanely possible so that I can start forming that regular cadence. And what I would suggest to you, because you're still going to be doing your movement at this point, you're still going to be adding, your your walking's still going to be in there, uh, your movement's still going to be there, you're still going to be practicing those habits, that's stage one. In this stage, you don't need to be doing active exercise strenuous exercise more than three times a week like three times a week is totally enough because you're just trying to build that habit and actually any more than that is it's really hard to maintain that when you're first starting out and again because nutrition is the most important piece of this you don't need to do more than that to see phenomenal results Because most of those are going to be in your daily actions and what you put in your mouth. And then those three times a week, you're going to actually go, you're going to go do the thing because it's not too hard. It doesn't feel like it's every day. You've got your other movement that you're focusing on. um, And when you get there, you're going to be able to actually uh, commit to that because it's not, it's not, doesn't feel like a huge commitment. And then there's things that you want to do that are going to make it more likely that you actually show up. The most important one is that you pay for it. Like, it's kind of hard to say this, but when we pay, we pay attention. And if you put skin in the game, then you will show up for something. And the more skin in the game, the more likely you're going to show up for that thing. So paying for something, paying for some kind of program is it's its own inbuilt accountability system. It's its own psychological hack because it becomes worth something for you to follow through. And there's a big difference in how much you pay for that as well. Like this is like this is just psychology, okay? <laughs> this is all it is. If you're paying $10 a week for a gym membership, Like for a lot of people, and I was definitely in this position um, when I was booking the cafe, that was a stretch for me. $10 a week was a stretch. That was a big part of our budget. Um, And I I definitely would show up for that. Like at some point, like $10 a week, and this is probably like most people who listen to this podcast can probably afford $10 a week. That's not a big effort. They're not probably like cutting out, you know, groceries to do that. I mean, bear in mind, I was earning about $250 a week at that point, um, working in a cafe full time. And, but at some point that when I stopped working there and I'm doing this full time, $10 a week did not, it wasn't as much skin in the game. And what I found is that when I started CrossFit and I was paying $45 a week, I sure as heck showed up for three to four sessions a week because I was paying a lot more than $10 a week for those sessions. I got out of bed a lot earlier than I did when I ever went to the gym because there was more skin in the game. There was more inbuilt accountability. Another thing that you can do is some kind of um, accountability system that has nothing to do with paying, but you. this is, again... It's easier and better for you to actually layer these things than it is to just pick and choose one. Pick and choose the ones that 
are most impactful for you to actually do it as well. Essentially what I'm saying here is it would be better, it would be better for your follow through to pay for some kind of app or some kind of program that has fitness with it than it would be to just do free workouts on YouTube. There are so many free workouts that you could do on YouTube, you're not very likely to actually follow through and do them. I know some people do, but this is, that's essentially what I'm trying to say. And <laughs> I feel like this is probably like a good time to hint at it, is, and this is not the reason that I'm doing this podcast at all, um, but we are very, very close to thinking about adding in exercise to Lean of Plants and adding in an element of that, which I'm really, really excited about because... Uh, like I said, I've been thinking about this a lot recently and how exercise is always a part of that ongoing health and leanness lifestyle that we're all trying to build. Accountability can be as simple as you having a buddy that you go to the gym with or that you go for a run with. Some kind of habit tracker like an app Typically when you have uh, programs that you are doing, and definitely when we roll this out, if we do, there will be inbuilt habit tracker and a lot of accountability <laughs> um, because it's, it, it really is the biggest piece. Some kind of habit tracker that makes that more satisfying so that you can actually track that cadence. So you're going three times a week, you can actually tick it off. You can see that. Um, I pay for a online running coach now and I, I do it. I do my exercises. I do my runs um, five times a week is how much I'm, that's my cadence at the moment because I'm not, I'm in, in stage three, which I'm going to talk about next. And because I'm paying for that and because there's a habit tracker built in, uh, because that there's that built in accountability, I'm going and I'm doing those workouts every time. And I would not be doing that if it wasn't for having um, all of these factors that make it easier for me to actually go and do that like that. But another one is having some kind of normalization of that activity that you're trying to build. If you are the only person in your circle that goes to the gym and works out and people around you are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you do that. Like you're so good. It's so amazing. Like just rest on the couch. That is going to be harder for you to follow through on that behavior because you f you're going to feel like it's such an effort and it's such a big deal. Instead, if you get around people that work out every single day or they go regularly to the gym, they regularly run, that's normal, you start to think, okay, this is just what people do. This is just normal. I've seen this happen so much in the last uh, couple of months specifically in the last six months where I've gotten to know a few people who are very adamant runners and that behavior is just starting to become normal. I did this half marathon uh, last weekend and I wasn't even planning on doing that. Like my goal when I uh, signed up with this running program was that I wanted to be able to do a half marathon at a, at a week's notice. I wanted to be at a base fitness level and a base mileage and have my running habits week to week to a point that if I wanted to go out and run 21Ks, I could do that without having to train because I'd already be training. That was my goal. And I was it was really cool to actually kind of have the culmination of that be that I went and completed a half marathon, which was like, that was amazing. It was an amazing achievement for me. I didn't have any speed goals or anything like that. I just wanted to finish and I was able to do that. 
But the people that I've started to get to know, I'm now in this group, which is called the Running Loons. <laughs> they, most of them went out and did that. It was like a, hey, like, are you going to do the half marathon? Why not? Come on, you can do it. It's not that far. You'll smash it. It'll be fine. We're all doing it. It's kind of like the best kind of peer pressure because you start to go, well, why not? Everyone's doing it. I could just go and run a half marathon. That's just what people do. But if you're not around the people that do that, then getting around the ones that are going to normalize that kind of behavior is going to make it so much easier for you to succeed. And this is another benefit of if you don't have that in real life, getting that in an online environment. And this is where paying for it is probably going to be your best bet because you're getting all of that inbuilt accountability when you're paying for something, but you're also getting normally when you're buying some kind of program, uh, you're getting that group experience where you're normalizing that kind of behavior as well. Lastly, with this, you want to keep it very doable because remember the focus with this is just building that cadence on the week-to-week basis. So your main goal should always be around keeping that cadence no matter what. So you want to plan for your worst moments. You want to plan for your least amounts of motivation so that you can follow through and keep the cadence even if you don't do much of a workout. So what I do, what I have done, is that I will just plan to walk through the doors of the gym. Or I will just plan to do 10 minutes. So if my goal is to go three times a week and that's that's the habit that I'm trying to build, then I'm not worried about whether I go and smash out a workout or not because I'm just trying to build cadence at this point. And you will know when you're ready to shift and we'll talk about that next. So on those days where I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym, my only goal becomes get through the door or get through one set, lift one thing of weights or get out the door and run one kilometer if that's what it is. Because it's still the cadence. It's still that I'm doing that on a week-to-week basis. I'm still going three times a week if I'm not, even if I'm not smashing it. And I think this is where a lot of people get stuck is they think very much all or nothing, black and white. Whereas if they're not smashing a workout and they don't feel like they can go and do a workout at all, they'll do nothing instead. That is how you break a habit. If you want to form strong habits, get out of that thinking right now. Instead, have that goal, shift your goal, change your perspective, change your definition of success from going and being a beast and doing it amazing and sweating to just showing up. Then layer on the beast mode and the sweating and the difficulty after that. But if all else fails, go back to just following through on that cadence. And this is why, again, when you're just developing this, please make it easy and doable. Use all of those hacks that I talked about because they are going to make your follow through much more likely. And now (laughs) the exciting part. I think this is the most exciting part. This is where I am right now. Once you have developed those two, once you've gone from stage one to stage two and you're now on a regular cadence with your exercise, only needs to be three times a week. Your goals can now start to shift from weight loss to performance and they will naturally and I think this is the most important part of how this ties into your nutrition because eating starts to become a part of how you make progress and feeling your best on a day-to-day basis 
It's no longer about just wanting to be skinny or just wanting to eat less or just wanting to burn more calories. You're now connecting it to something far more tangible and far more better for you, which is your energy levels, how you perform in your workouts, your strength and how much progress you're making. And this is a far stronger and deeper meaning. It is much more tied to your identity. It is much more uh, within your control than just what the scale is saying or just how you're looking because all of those things, especially at a later date when you are trying to you know, get a little bit leaner or uh, build some muscle mass, like that, those are processes that take a long time but you can, you can see progress quicker than that by I was able to put up my weights or I was able to run a bit further. You're not going to see that necessarily in the physical, but you're going to have different markers of your progress and you're going to be able to see that uh, different. The other thing with this is that because nutrition and how you eat starts to get tied to your performance, your feedback loop on what you're doing becomes much shorter. What I mean by that is that if you go and eat cake if you go and have a bit of a binge and then you have to go out and do like a run or you're going to the gym and you feel crap during that workout that's a much much shorter feedback loop than just oh I gained five pounds a month from now which is what you would have if you don't have that exercise performance piece in there and so for myself like I've, I've noticed this very strongly as I've started to increase my uh, running mileage is that I'm really really intentional now about not skipping meals because I would not because I not to do with anything to do with weight loss just laziness and <laughs> the fact that a lot of the time I'm not hungry in the morning or I can just I, I can let things slip right when it comes to that and then that would tend to be my habits would get worse if I skipped breakfast and I'd be snacking late at night you know the drill okay we've all been there but because if I skipped a if I skipped breakfast or I skipped a meal or if I wasn't you know if I was just snacking but I didn't focus on having uh, like a filling meal with uh, oats in the morning and you know making sure that I've got my flax in there and uh, same with like my potatoes like having a filling meal of potatoes for lunch if I'm not doing those things then I go out and I don't have a great workout. I don't have much energy, I can't do the distance, I can't do the speed that I want to do. So that those eating patterns and that nutrition gets very much tied to uh, how I'm going to feel my workouts and how and being able to actually make progress. And this is the thing is like I, I really believe that most people on their weight loss journey, on their health journey, they get here at some point and it's a really cool place to be because it, it's just not about being skinny anymore. And like, that's just, it's just nice. It's nice to have goals that aren't about lack and loss and goals that are about growth and gain. It's a, it's just a really, really cool thing. And I think that, I think that we all get here at some point um, when you start to layer these things in. And this is why I believe that it's so important because everyone that I'm seeing who's being really successful, they're starting this piece. They're making this a priority. They're getting to this point through layering those three stages of weight loss that we talked about. And all of this starts to strengthen the habits that you want to form when it comes to losing weight and creating an active lifestyle. They start working together 
because you start to become the kind of person who can have and develop discipline like this is this is one of the most important parts of it you start to develop patience you start to celebrate little wins you start to understand progress more and more so exercise and that component because exercise is hard exercise takes dedication patience a ton of effort blood sweat and tears in some ways and it starts to turn us in conjunction with our eating habits into the kind of people that bridge that gap quicker and bridge it stronger of who we are now and who we want to be and I think this is like this is the part that's most exciting for me is that at this point you are you are really solidifying those kind of things that you built early on with your eating so this is like kind of like more and more advanced stage and I'm not saying that you can't get here quick all I'm wanting to say really with these stages and understanding where weight loss fits is that you prioritize first things first and this comes from the book uh, the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey it's one of the first books I ever read about personal development and one of the seven habits is put first things first this is all about building a foundation and building on that strong foundation you don't want to kill yourself out of the bat with tons of workouts that make you hungrier and that you're not going to follow through on and then pendulum swing like they do in terrible shows like The Biggest Loser where they kill their contestants with exercise and then no one keeps the weight off because they never built that habit and they didn't have the nutrition piece. You don't want that. In the same way, you don't want to undereat, skip meals, binge on cake so that you can't perform at your workouts. You can't actually progress with your strength on a week-to-week basic basis so this becomes a symbiotic relationship of understanding that exercise and nutrition is it's not just about weight loss but it's about becoming the kind of person that you want to be and it's about increasing your health over time habits and health essentially that's what it is so my goal for you with this episode is that you would be able to self-identify what thing that you need to be focusing on to make progress from where you are now if you don't have this nutrition piece, then that's your first priority. Your first thing is to start building that in. Start developing those habits of eating a ton of vegetables, building a 50-50 plate, eating foods that are under 600 calories per pound, which is whole plant foods, getting the binging under control. At the same time, you can start building in movement. You can start creating a movement habit these two things at this point are going to help feed off each other they're going to be super important for you you can start really soon developing some kind of exercise cadence once you've got that movement habit you can even do these together but again you don't need to do them you don't need to do so much at a time and only three times a week like that's all you need to do to start building that cadence building up that habit Your goal here, just to reiterate, is that you want to become the kind of person that can keep up that three times a week, even when you don't want to. That is the highest goal. That is the biggest priority. It is not about smashing your workouts at this stage. And once you've started to create that, then you can go to shifting into performance-based goals that have got nothing to do with weight loss, strength, endurance, 
fitness it's going to depend on who you are or what you want and that starts to shift your nutrition from just being about weight loss to about actually uh, performing your best and being able to sustain that and that feedback loop is much shorter so wherever you are start focusing on that next thing that you need to be uh, working on and if you find yourself slipping in one of them then you start to go back to the other one. If you're, and this is probably going to happen all the time. If you find that you had a bit of a performance-based um, uh, exercise system, like you're going to the gym four or five times a week and you're smashing out your workouts and now you're not in the habit of it, you're not trying to go back to smashing out your workouts four times a week. You're just trying to get that consistent cadence. And then once you know that that's consistent, then you're starting to build in um, smashing out your workouts again. And this is a really effective system because you're always going back to that. You're not pendulum swinging. You're not going back from I'll do nothing to I'll do everything. You're going back from what can I actually commit to? The lowest thing, the path of least resistance, the thing that is most least difficult for you to do so that you will actually do it and then you build off that so that when you are when you slip which is inevitable when you fail which is part of the process I literally have my wall fail faster because it is because it is part of any kind of progress you're not failing far right you're failing a little bit and then you are making progress from that point so I hope that you found this episode helpful I know it's a little bit different uh I would love if you would send me a message or a dm um the best thing that you can do to help me out because I don't run any ads. I don't know if you noticed, I don't run a single ad on this podcast. I constantly get ads or get emails saying that I should and that, um, but I don't want to do that to you. I want this to be, I want this podcast to not be about building ads, but if you want to help me out so that I can continue to do this, then please leave a review on Apple. It helps to tell the podcast gods that this is a great podcast, gets more people to listen. And if you know of someone that would find this helpful, then consider sharing it with them. That's all I ask. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I will see you again next week for another one. All right, that's it for me. Bye.